Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, June 7th, 2019, and on this report, I will be talking about the United States Supreme Court's decision in the case of Box versus Planned Parenthood of Indiana and Kentucky. The Supreme Court reversed in part a ruling from the Seventh Circuit which favored Planned Parenthood but left the second part of the Second Circuit ruling intact. In 2016, Indiana passed a law that forbade Planned Parenthood from disposing of fetal remains as, quote, infectious waste. Yes, that's how they referred to the bodies of the babies they kill, infectious waste. The state law said that from now on, on, the remains have to be treated with respect, dignity, and properly buried. The second part Uh, The Indiana law prohibited abortions on the basis of race, disability, or sex selection. It's pretty easy to see that both provisions of this law come very close to recognizing the, quote, fetal remains as a once-living human being. Planned Parenthood, of course, immediately filed suit, alleging that both provisions were unconstitutional, And they won each step of the way up the legal ladder, including at the Seventh Circuit. Indiana continued its appeal to the Supreme Court, and the court agreed to hear the case. People interested in the status of abortion law, as well as those interested in how this new court would handle such matters, watched with great anticipation by a vote of 7-2, to with only Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sonia Sotomayor voting no, the court ruled the burial provision is constitutional. That ruling, without really saying it, recognizes that there is humanity in all that infectious waste that deserves dignity and respect. Not to two ladies, though. No, no way would those two women grant any respect or dignity at all to unwanted infectious waste. On the second provision, prohibiting what amounts to eugenics, the court decided to drop back and punt. They ruled that normally they don't like to decide something that has not been looked at by at least two appellate courts in this issue. It had only been looked at by the Seventh Circuit, so they would not rule on it. That was an easy way out for them. They obviously did not feel ready to make a ruling That would prevent abortions for race, disability, or sex selection. To rule that law constitutional would be paramount to saying, wait a minute here, you're killing an innocent, helpless human being. The court was not ready to say that. And yet they didn't want to rule that it was okay to do so. So they just let the Seventh Circuit ruling that the law is unconstitutional stand. So just to keep beating this horse for a minute, It is perfectly legal to kill babies in their mother's womb because you don't like their race, disability, or sex. But Planned Parenthood, as a consequence of the fetal burial provision, will have its very lucrative business of selling dead baby parts, curtailed at least in Indiana. Although he concurred in the court's opinion, Justice Clarence Thomas wrote his own long concurring opinion in which he gave the court and the American people a history lesson in the use of abortion for eugenic and racial purposes. He traced the long, ugly history of eugenics and how abortion has been used for that purpose in the past. Quote, 
enshrining a constitutional right to an abortion based solely on the race, sex, or disability of an unborn child as Planned Parenthood advocates would constitutionalize the views of the 20th century eugenics movement. In quote, Justice Thomas held the entire history of the abortion for eugenic purposes movement up for the whole world to see. He rubbed the court's nose in it for refusing to recognize it. As he quoted Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes writing for the 1927 court, quote, it is better for the entire world if instead of waiting to execute degenerate offspring for crime or let them starve for imbecility society can prevent those who are manifestly unfit from continuing their kind, end quote. We like to think we've made some progress since 1927, but I suspect it is much cheaper today to encourage the killing of babies, especially those of poor mothers, than it is to pay welfare to the mothers and eventually the child. Margaret Singer, the founder and leader of the eugenics movement and the forerunner to Planned Parenthood, accepted the idea that most adequate and thorough avenue to the solution of racial, political, and social problems with birth control and abortion. The unbalance between the birth rate of the fit and the unfit was, she said, the greatest menace to civilization. She also founded her Negro Project to reduce the population of African Americans, which Justice Thomas explained in his, in his opinion. Justice Thomas pointed out that many countries including the United States, practice eugenics today. In Iceland, for example, the abortion rate for children diagnosed with Down syndrome is virtually 100%. Other European countries have similarly high rates, such as Denmark, 98%, United Kingdom, 90%, France, 77%, and here in the United States, 67% in Asia. Widespread use of sex selection abortions has resulted in, as Justice Thomas put it, 160 million missing women in India. 300,000 to 700,000 females are aborted each year because they are girls. There are today more than 50 million more men than women in India. I wonder why Democrat politicians can't see that they're killing off their own voters. African Americans vote Democrat 98% of the time in many areas, despite the fact that their race is very disproportionately killed by abortion. I do understand it from the Democrat politician standpoint, though, because the African American voters can easily be replaced by illegal migrants from third world alien cultures. In the closing lines of his opinion, Justice Thomas said, Quote, although the court declines to wade into these issues today, we cannot avoid them forever. Having created the constitutional right to an abortion, this court is duly bound to address its scope in that regard. It is easy to understand why the district court and the Seventh Circuit looked to Casey to resolve a question it did not address. Where else could they turn? The Constitution itself is silent on abortion. The Constitution should have a definition of life in it. I hate it when people say women have a constitutional right to an abortion when it doesn't even mention abortion. End quote. There seems to be developing a growing understanding that somehow we've gone off the rails in America. Perhaps we can get back on the rails. Several states have passed laws prohibiting abortions after a certain week of pregnancy. 
It's usually eight weeks, but some states have ruled it out after six weeks. This is a clear indication that the state legislatures understand that babies are living persons. These bills are usually referred to as fetal heartbeat bills <clears throat> because they prohibit abortion when the baby's heartbeat can be heard. I suppose that for all these years up until now, doctors have put their instruments on the woman's abdomen and said, gee, I wonder what that sound is. No, I don't think that's what happened at all. Some people are apparently just so cruel that nothing, no matter how grotesque, bothers them at all. Here's a recent example of what I'm talking about in a report on Louisiana's law prohibiting abortion. After the fetal heartbeat can be heard passed just last week, the New York Times reported it as follows, quote, the measure would require an ultrasound test for any woman seeking to terminate a pregnancy and forbid abortion if the test detects embryonic pulsing, end quote. The language obviously intended to sanitize an otherwise filthy and wicked practice substitutes the phrase embryonic pulsing for fetal heartbeat, thus relieving their readers of the discomfort of knowing that a live baby with a beating heart is being killed. So, the former world's greatest newspaper, with all the news that's fit to print, struggles mightily to obscure the truth of what it is forced to print, thus it deprives its readers of the news rather than presenting the news to them. Hollywood crowd has not remained silent during all this time either, nor have they failed to bring their considerable clout to bear. Georgia's governor signed the fetal heartbeat bill in early May, and the film companies which have relocated to Atlanta from Hollywood immediately made plans to Relocate again, taking their $9 billion and 100,000 jobs with them. Warner Media, Sony Pictures, NBC Universal, AMC Network, and of course, Disney, all threatened to cancel their commitments and leave the state of Georgia, perhaps. These oh-so-important celebrities should take a look in their own backyard, or perhaps they already have. That's why they left in the first place. Los Angeles, City of Angels turned into a massive outdoor toilet for thousands of people living on the streets of that once great city. Tons of garbage. Piles of human waste lined the streets of downtown Los Angeles while tens of thousands of rats roamed through the filth. The place is filled with tents, furniture, shopping carts, clothing, and garbage by the ton. Thousands of needles, piles of human excrement all provide nesting opportunities and food for the rats. Outbreaks of typhus, typhoid fever, once all but eradicated in America, are back in L.A. The police are increasingly fearful of entering the area, not because of violence, but because of disease. Doctors say bubonic plague is likely due to the out-of-control rat infestation. So go on back to paradise, celebrity friends, and good riddance. As an explanation point to what I've been saying, a little girl named Sabi gives the lie to all the Democrat arguments in favor of abortion. Sabi, weighing just 8.6 ounces, was born to her mother at 23 weeks. Her mother was told to say goodbye to Sabi because she had only a few minutes to live. But Sabi had other ideas. Now, three months later, she's gone home from the hospital and seems to be doing just fine, according to the University of Iowa's tiniest baby registry. Yes, they keep those records in 
Iowa, worldwide. Sabi is the tiniest baby to ever survive. She could legally have been killed in any state without one of the new fetal heartbeat laws, but her mother loved her and she wanted her. Finally, folks, I think I have this abortion thing figured out so that it makes sense. Heartless Democrat politicians and their cowardly Republican cohorts conspire to make a pathway to citizenship for millions of illegal alien children whom they choose to call dreamers, and a pathway to the incinerator for millions of American children whom they choose to call infectious waste. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.